Thanks for tuning in to our Cypress Church podcast. To learn more about our church, visit our website at cypresschurch.net and join us for our Sunday morning services at 9 and 11 a.m. Subscribe on iTunes for more. Oh, that was amazing. Let's, let's let them know one more time how well they did. Oh, you guys were fantastic. Thank you so much. Oh, that was awesome. Absolutely awesome. Hey, good morning. Merry Christmas. Did I catch you by surprise? Merry Christmas. There you go. Hey, my name's Rich. I'm one of the pastors here. I'm the pastor of Family Ministries. And I'm just going to back this up one step. And um, today you get to hear from the family ministry team. I'm going to share some. And then Pastor John, our, our pastor of student ministries, and Pastor Lorena, our children's pastor, are going to share. And so um, before we get started, I just want to point out a couple things. You all should have a worship folder. And inside, uh, there will be a sheet where you can take notes if you so desire. And every child in here should have their own sheet where they can take notes and, and uh, follow along. And if you don't have one, go ahead and raise your hand and our ushers will, will come and get you one so you can be a part of this. And also in here, there's a connection card. And if, if you have, this is your first time here, if you're a guest, we want to welcome you and we encourage you to fill this out. Uh, give us some information and we'd like to reach out uh, to you. We'd have a gift for you. And uh, if you've been coming forever and ever and ever, uh, fill it out also. Let us know you're here and just give us your information so we know what's going on. But on the back, this is super important. This is the prayer card. If you've got something you're going through and you need prayer or something is amazing happened and you want to celebrate, we want to join you in that. And so each week, our pastors, we get together and we pray for all of the prayer requests. We pray for you guys. And so I encourage you, just fill out um, a prayer on the connection card and drop it in the, in the basket as that goes on a little bit later. Um, so do we all have notes now? I see some movement out there. Let's uh, open in prayer, shall we? Uh, Father God, I thank you so much for this morning. Lord, we thank you for Christmas where you gave the most amazing gift ever given, your son, Jesus. And so, Lord, we give you this morning and we ask that uh, our hearts be open to what you would have us hear. Lord, we give this morning to you and we ask that you bless it. We pray this in your mighty name. Amen. So, you guys came in. Did anybody happen to notice a giant Christmas tree outside? A giant? Somebody said no? There's <laughs> a... There's a 20-foot tree outside, and on Wednesday, we are going to turn it on. We are going to light it up. It's kind of dark, and it just looks like a tree, but on Wednesday night, we are going to have an amazing party, all right? We are going to have food and singing, and we're going to have raffle gifts, and it's just going to be a great time to be together, and I invite you all to come. Rain or shine, we're going to do this, all right? We won't make you stand in the rain. We'll just make one person stand in the rain while they light the tree, and then then we'll move on. So anyway, but also when you came in, our lobby is all decorated. How many of you guys have decorated your home? Anybody? Woo! Yeah. Christmas comes so fast this year. Thanksgiving, and now it's December, and uh, and we're moving. But that's 
we have different traditions. Like for me, my dad always wore this red cardigan every Christmas. And so every Sunday I wear this red cardigan because it was my dad's. That's my, my family tradition. It helps me get excited. So is anybody excited for Christmas? Ooh, yeah. I mean, so just out of curiosity, what, what are you excited for? Anything in particular? Anybody excited about presents? One person. All right. There we go. How about the food? Does anybody have special food? You eat? Yeah, food. I'm looking forward to the food quite a bit. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, so at Christmas time, we start looking forward to these things that, that mean Christmas to us. Is anybody looking forward to going shopping? Shoot. That's my wife. Oh, well. Um, anyway, so... All of these things that we do that decorate, they, they help build our excitement and they feed our anticipation. Do you know what anticipation means? It means I can't wait. I have to have it now. I want it. Right? That's anticipation. Yes. So when we have plans, when we have something coming up, it gives us something to look forward to. It gives us the thrill of hope. You know, and my mom, she loved anticipation. She loved hope. Um, My mom would rather have a planned party than a surprise party. Because she always said that waiting for the party was half the fun, knowing it was coming. Um, My mom loved the looking forward to part. She thrived in that. And so for many years, my mom had a go bag. All right. This go bag would sit by the front door and she was packed and ready to go with clothes and toiletries for her and my dad for three to four days. So at any moment they could decide, Hey, let's drive up the coast. Let's drive down the coast. And she is ready to roll. She would look at that bag And it was the promise of hope. Sometimes life gets hard and you just need that bag sitting there and saying, you know what? We could go. We could drive up the coast and she could look forward to walking on a brand new beach with my dad hand in hand. Or going to a small village and discovering all the shops. She's like my wife. She likes shopping. (laughs) So, or probably their favorite was discovering new restaurants. And a new favorite place to eat, yes. So, um, so the bag was my mom's reminder of hope. It was was her little memento that, that showed that there was something to look forward to. And you know, before Jesus was born, Israel, um, God's chosen people were promised a savior, someone who would set everyone free from sin, to set right the wrong that we're born into. And so when Adam and Eve, they ate the fruit in the Garden of Eden, way back at the beginning in the Bible book of Genesis, they brought sin into this world. But immediately in Genesis 3.15, God promises hope. He promised to send one to crush the serpent. And in Genesis 12, 3, 
God promises that through Abraham's family, God would bless all the people of the earth. See, God's people were waiting for the Messiah. They anticipated his birth. Psalm 130, verse 5, says, I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word, I put my hope. My whole being waits. That's the thrill of hope. Just waiting with your whole body. All of me is waiting. Isaiah 52, verses 7 through 9. says, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. Listen, your watchmen lift up their voices. Together they shout for joy. When the Lord returns to Zion, they will see it with their own eyes. Burst into songs of joy together, you ruins of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people and has redeemed Jerusalem. Israel is longing for this redeemer. They are waiting for the good news to arrive. You see this verse? They didn't have cell phones or landlines or texting or Instagram or even old time Facebook, right? They had to send information by person by runners. So the watchmen, they would stand and they would look on the horizon. They would look to the hills or the mountains and they would wait for a glimpse of this watchman to appear. And when they see him, they would start to get excited. Hope would rise because they're bringing news. This watchman brought the thrill of hope and they had real hope. It was hope in a promised Messiah who would deliver all of us from sin. So our Christmas prayer is that you would have the thrill of hope this Christmas through Jesus. To the world, it can be heavy and hard. But we have the gift of hope through Christ. Micah 7, 7 says, But as for me, I watch in hope for the Lord. I wait for my God, my Savior. My God will hear me. So this Christmas, let's watch for Christ to be in Christmas. Let's keep him the center. And to help keep Christ in the center, we've given, uh, we have a couple gifts for you guys. One is we have this Advent calendar. Did they hand you one of these when you came in? If not, we'll have them stacked out back. All right. Every day, starting today, there's just a simple thing to do with your family, just to be together and focus on Christ and help us hope for Christmas. And the other thing we have is we've, we've got all of these little books. It's an Advent book, and it's a devotional that starts today. And it's just so we can spend time. I encourage you to spend time with your family and go through this. So this morning, as we're looking towards Jesus, towards Christmas, I want to invite Pastor John up to share about the signs of hope. Thanks, brother. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, um, real quick, can you go back to that last slide? 
So it's a Yu-Gi-Oh crap book. You see that? I see that because I'm the youth pastor here, and I've got to watch out for things like that. But, you know, um, always got to keep beyond my game. No. Hey, um, my name's Pastor John. I'm the, like I said, the youth pastor here. And I want to talk to you about the signs of hope. And as I was praying and I was meditating on what to share with you, what kept popping into my mind and coming up in my heart was the hope of going to Grandma and Grandpa Wyatt's house. Going to Grandma and Grandpa Wyatt's house was the absolute best. Um, I could barely sit through school knowing the next day we were going to leave on a road trip with my dad. And my dad was in the military. So military meant we were getting up at 4 a.m. to leave for the thing. And the funny thing is that actually... Nowadays, when Debbie and Shelby and I go on a road trip, we leave at 4 a.m. because we want to get through L.A. traffic, you know. So 4 a.m. And this was the only day that we were allowed to wear our pajamas outside of the house, right? So we could wear our pajamas, we could bring our uh, pillow, and we could bring our blankets, and we could fall asleep in my dad's conversion van. That's right. If you don't know what a conversion van is, it has a boomerang antenna on the top. It had blinds on the window, Real classy. Um, and then it had a, the seat in the back you could fold down into a bed. And so it was kind of this humongous van. And uh, we would get going. And as the sun would start to rise through the trees, my brothers and I would begin to kind of talk about, okay, what are we going to do at Grandma and Grandpa's house? What are we going to play with? And we would talk about, we would, we're going to play with Grandma's Lincoln Logs from 1900. You know, um, we talked about playing with those. Uh, and then we would talk about how we would, uh, eat grandma's famous butter and jelly sandwiches. I had never heard of that until I went to grandma's house. Um, and then we would also talk about how grandpa, grandpa would often sculpt wooden planes for us. And then he would teach us how to throw them just right. And we had to throw them just right. And man, how we loved going to grandma and grandpa's house, but we had to endure this forever car ride. And the unfortunate thing is I would ask my dad, dad, please, I'd beg him, please, dad, can we drive through towns because this freeway is so boring. There's nothing to see here. Can we at least go and see shops and windows and humans? Please, it's so boring on the freeway. There's nothing but trees for days. And you know, the funny thing is my daughter, she's three, and she always asks me, Dad, are we on the freeway right now? I'm like, yeah. She's like, oh. she doesn't like the freeway either. It's hilarious. You know, so to, my, so to my little kid's soul, to my brother's souls, this was torture for us, just waiting. And so... After trying to use my imagination, I would grab our activity book and I would t- do the mazes backwards as fast as I could. And then I would do the connected dots as fast as I could, you know, just to kill time. But usually I just spent my time looking through the blinds at the sun. The sun that was high in the sky and then would eventually go down. It would chase through the forest, it would chase through the trees. And I would just look, longing and hoping and waiting, trying to contain the joy that was about to happen in my soul as soon as we saw Grandma and Grandpa Wyatt. And then all of a sudden, the van would slow down. And I would think, what's happening? And then we would turn and I'm, think, I'm thinking, are we almost there? There was this familiar yet distant dream that was coming into view. Wait a second, I know this turn. Wait, wait, I've seen that ivy-covered barn before. Wait, I know this sound. That's the sound of the gravel under the tires at Grandma's house that snakes through the front, through the trees before we get there. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I know Grandma and Grandpa are going to be standing in the same place. They're going to be waving us in because they've been waiting for us. They've been waiting for me. I knew that my dad's horse, Jitterbug, would be putting his head over the gate in the pasture, and I couldn't wait to see him because to a little boy, a horse is just this magical creature that you know can 
kick you if you're not careful, and it was just amazing. And I knew that my grandpa would be playing the accordion after a few eggnogs during Christmas. Um, I also knew that grandma would teach me how to play the organ, and I wasn't very good at it, but I still remember Brahms' lullaby. And she was insistent that I practice. And I knew on the very top of the shelf, there were homemade cookies waiting for us. And she said we could eat them as long as we ate our dinner. And right next to the cookies, I remember there was this, this wooden spoon and fork that were this big. Right? I'm like, Grandma, what are those for? She's like, for the neighbors down the street. And I was like, Grandma, do you have giants for neighbors? She's like, they always fit through the doorway. And I'm like, wow, Grandma's house is amazing, right? And so I also knew that once we got to Grandma's house, it was free game. I could grab my cowboy boots, I could grab my stick, and I could be gone exploring all day long. I could go down to the horse pond, I could go to the chicken coop, I could just basically hang out all the time, and what I would do is anything I found, I'd put in my boots with me, right? And then I'd get home when the sun started going down, the lightning bugs came out, and I'd just sit down, take my boots off, and shake out all my treasures. Hope was coming at Grandma and Grandpa's house, and I knew it. I couldn't wait till then. I was so excited, but I was forever stuck in this boring car on the freeway, longing to get to their house. Oh, I wanted to see more than just the freeway. And then all of a sudden, my dad would turn the car. We must be getting close, I would think. Or at least I hoped we were getting close. You see, I could tell that we were getting closer to Grandma and Grandpa's house because there were signs. There were these landmarks that triggered my heart to beat faster. They were familiar enough to me that I knew that if we had got to this point, then hope was on the horizon. There was a joy at the presence of being with Grandma and Grandpa because they're cooking, they're singing, their laughter, their smell. And for the children of Israel, they were hoping and waiting for God's chosen Messiah to come as well, to live among them and make everything okay. But God was going to send them signs along the way to trigger their hearts. And God sent them the prophet Isaiah to remind them that hope was coming on the horizon. And Isaiah 7, 4, 14 says this, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, there will be a virgin that will conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel, God with us. God's very power, his very presence would dwell with his kids in the most unlikely of ways. A seemingly inconceivable virgin was going to have a son and the hope of God was going to return to his kids right away. It was about to happen. This was the sign to trigger them. And Isaiah says that this son, this sign would grow up in one of the most unlikely places, but a familiar one as well. Isaiah 11 says this, there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, a branch from his root shall bear fruit and the spirit of the Lord will rest upon him a spirit of wisdom and understanding, a spirit of counsel and might, a spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight will be in the fear of the Lord because he won't judge by only what his eyes see and he won't hear only what his his ears hear, but rather he will do it with righteousness. From a cut down stump in the backyard, a new shoot, a new tree, new life was going to spring up. 
This stump of Jesse that had been cut down would be a signal that God's spirit was full. It was alive and God was finally going to be with his people. And the way that the Messiah was going to govern would be like God himself was ruling from heaven on earth. No matter what their situation, no matter what their missteps were, no matter their sin. By this sign, a virgin birth, a beacon of hope would signal to all the nations that God was coming. That the God of Israel was bringing healing and hope and rest to those who would look into the glorious light. Isaiah 11.10 would say this, In that day the root of Jesse, who shall stand as a signal for all the peoples, of him shall the nations inquire and his resting place shall be glorious. God's hope was coming. You could see the signs. They were prayed for, they were longed for, they were hoped for. Hope was coming and it was on the horizon and Emmanuel was on his way to be with us. And so now I want to invite Pastor Lorena to come up and share with us about the gift of hope. Thank you, Pastor John. I'm Lorena Saucedo, the children's pastor here. I love it. So hope was coming, and hope did come. As a kid, I loved going to church. I loved singing. I still love singing at the top of my lungs next to my mom standing here, tears on her face. I love church. gave me a sense of comfort and safety, and I love the Bible stories. They just, they captivated me, and I could just feel God's love. And there was always food, too, after church. There was always tamales and champurrado and all the great stuff. So, I mean, church was just awesome. And I loved being there. Um, See, as a four-year-old, that's when I began going to church, uh, my heart was broken apart. I was a cute little (laughs) four-year-old. My parents were having trouble getting along. And one day my dad packed his bags and left. And I remember watching him pack his bags. I remember watching him walk out the door and walk down the long corridor of our apartment complex out in L.A. and into the street, into a car, drove away. And I said, okay, maybe he'll come back tomorrow. You know, change his mind. He's just a little upset or whatever. Um, So for many days, I'd go to the window. We had a huge window in our living room, and I'd peek through the curtain And I'd look through the window to see if he's coming. Nope, not coming. Day after day. So I did that for many days. I did it for many months. I did it for many years. Um, Longing to see him return. Hoping that he would return. I had that deep desire that he'd come back. But many years passed. And one day I stopped watching. I stopped waiting. Because I knew that he'd never come back. I'd lost hope. And I was crushed. My heart was crushed. And so I became angry with God. Because from the way things looked, uh, he didn't seem to be with me. He wasn't answering my prayer. You see, because as a little girl, just like all little kids do, you put your hope in your parents, right? You know, if dad comes back. Everything will be great. Everything will be perfect. Everything will be as it should be, was what I thought. 
And so it was a hard time for me, and my world was dark. But Isaiah 9-2 says, and I love this passage, um, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. That light is the hope that Jesus Christ offers us. It is the gift of hope. God who is loving and faithful, he never breaks a promise and he never leaves us. God shone his light in my dark world as a kid. God who is wise and knows all things, he was looking out for me before I was even aware of it. I didn't even realize. It wasn't a coincidence that I began going to church with my family, my mom and my siblings as all of this was unraveling and as our family was falling apart. It was God's perfect timing. He was with us. Emmanuel, he was shining his light of hope in our darkest time. So for you, some of you right now, all might be dark and difficult. You might be struggling. Everything around you may seem to be going wrong. You know, if you're a kid, maybe last week before you went on break, you failed your spelling test. Or you got the bug that's going around and you just threw up, you know, everywhere. Um, or maybe you're just having a hard time with math because who likes fractions? None of us like fractions. Please, don't. You know, um, maybe your parents are constantly bickering and screaming at each other and you're standing there going like, what did I do wrong? I just want to tell you it's not your fault. Okay. For my older audience, maybe you're trying to figure out how to pay the bills. Or maybe you're just feeling alone even though you're surrounded by people and you're feeling unknown and you're feeling unseen and you're thinking, does anybody care? We live in a broken world full of sin, full of evil, full of wrong. I mean, just turn on the news, right? But there is hope. Isaiah 9, verse 6 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Infinite peace. Can you even imagine that? Infinite peace. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. There is hope in Jesus Christ. He will make all things right. Not necessarily on my time or on yours, but he will make all things right. That deep longing that we have for justice, because, man, life is unfair. Ask a kid. It's not fair, Miss Lorena. You know, it's not fair. Lots of things aren't fair. But one day, King Jesus, he will make it right. That deep longing we have to be released from pain and suffering, like, how much longer do I have to endure this? King Jesus will carry out. Because of the greatness of his government and of peace, there will be no end. So it won't always be this hard for those that trust in Jesus because our ultimate hope, our true hope, is found in a baby lying in a manger with a stinky diaper here and there, just making it real, okay? One day he will return as righteous king 
who will rule on earth with peace. That's Jesus Christ. That's my master, my Lord. And that is truly what our hearts long for, to see and worship Jesus as our King and Savior. So my encouragement to you this morning is don't place your hope on people, because they will fail you. On money, on the government, on science, for it's all imperfect and will fail. But God never, ever fails. So place your hope in the Lord. I'll leave you with this last scripture from Isaiah chapter 40, verse 27. This is God speaking to his people. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. In other words, don't say God has forgotten you. Because he hasn't forgotten you. He sees you. He knows you. He knows the plight that you're on. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary like we do. And his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youth grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, but those who hope in the Lord, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint because it is not by your power or my power. It is by the Lord's power that we walk. No matter who fails us, no matter how dark the world may be. The gift of hope is here and ready and offered to you, ready to be taken. What will your response be to God's gift for you? Let's pray. King Jesus, I often wonder when you will return. Because I'm excited for your return. I want to go. Because you are faithful and true. God, and I pray for my church family here. Pray for those who are struggling who might be feeling lonely, maybe they've lost someone over the season, and they're in despair. Spirit of God, I pray that you fill them with hope this morning, that they can grab on to the gift of hope, that we can walk out in courage, knowing that in the end, you win. Even if we might lose some battles, you win, King Jesus. Help us to place our hope in you, There may be some of you in here this morning as we pray that maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. You've never taken that gift that he offers of salvation, that gift of hope. And I want to invite you to do that this morning. And if you want to receive that gift of hope, pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, forgive me for my wayward ways. I want to turn to you and receive the gift of life, of hope, of salvation that you have for me. Amen. If any of you prayed 
that prayer. He'll ask you guys to write that on your connection card. Um, it's in your worship folder in the front seat. And just let us know because we'd like to be praying for you. Now we're going to continue in a time of reflection as we head into a time of communion. If you find yourself on a journey uh, with God right now and you're not sure maybe where you and Jesus are at, um, we want to extend something to you. It's called our Next Step Pack. Um, These will be available in the back. And um, if you have questions about the Lord or you want to explore God a little bit more, these would be free for you to pick up um, just to explore. Um, The ushers will have them in the back. You can just grab one from them. And so now as we turn our hearts, uh, it's the first uh, Sunday of the month, and I love that because it's Communion Sunday. Um, And we're going to move into a special time around the Lord's table as we remember the gift of God's only Son and truly our only hope, which is in Christ Jesus. You know, the one that is sent by God to be with us, who grew up like one of us, who served us, who died for us, and now lives forever for us. We've been hearing a lot uh, this morning from the book of Isaiah. And God also told Isaiah about the coming king. But he told it in a way that was different than they were expecting because he talked about how the Messiah would die in victory to secure this hope that we've been talking about this morning. And so Isaiah 53 says it like this. For he grew up before him like a young plant, like a root out of dry ground, who had no form or majesty that we would look at him, no beauty that we would desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows who was acquainted acquainted with grief. As one from whom men hid their faces, he was despised and esteemed him not. Surely he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. And yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions and he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace and by his stripes we are healed. All of us are like sheep who have gone astray. We have turned, every one of us, to our own way. But the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. You see, when Christ Jesus came into the world, he was willing to become one of us. He was willing to forgive us, to include us, and redeem us. This is what having a living hope is all about. So as we remember God's hope this morning found in Jesus the Messiah, we want to participate in taking communion together. And if you know the Messiah Jesus, we invite you to take communion with us as well. And it's our tradition here, with tables that are spread in the front and around the back, our tradition is to receive the elements and then take them back to your seat and hold on to them and then we'll take them all together um, as one body and if perhaps your children are with you here this morning this is an incredible time for parents and or grandparents to explain to your kids why you take communion to lead them in talking about the importance and the significance of this time around god's table as we remember jesus the one whom all of christmas is directed to so this morning come when you're ready And then we'll take the elements together.